Hello and welcome to Soul Science with Namaste Carly. Last week, I took the time to break down the Standard American Diet, or SAD, SAD. And with that, we very briefly explored the disconnect between what people should be eating and what they are actually eating. Studies have shown that in general, the American population has poor eating habits and chronic illness and disease are commonplace in our society. And that leads us into our topic for this week, what I consider to be the modern plague, overconsumptive undernutrition. That is kind of a complex sounding phrase to describe a relatively straightforward issue. And that is, we are eating too much food that has little to no nutrient value. But a plague? Really? Let me paint a picture for you. Throughout human history, there have been epidemics of infectious diseases that killed off a large portion of the human population, most notably the Black Plague, which happened during the 14th century that killed more than 50 million people. This disease in particular, also called bubonic plague, is caused by a bacteria called Ursinus pestis. A more recent example of widespread disease and death would be the 1918 influenza pandemic that killed anywhere from 50 to 100 million people around the world. More commonly called just the flu, the disease is caused by the influenza virus, which alters its structure or mutates relatively quickly, which makes vaccination against it tricky. Although we haven't had a recent epidemic of flu, it still causes yearly outbreaks that results in the death of 290,000 to 650,000 people per year. Sorry if my science nerd is showing, but as I mentioned previously, my background is in microbiology and I spent a lot of time working with bacteria and viruses. So I find this stuff interesting and I hope you do too. However, it is relevant. Um, with the advancement of science, modern medicine, and more importantly, hygienic practices, the spread of such deadly diseases has dropped dramatically, although they do still occur in less developed countries. Something as simple as washing your hands actually helps to prevent the spread of these diseases. So what does it have to do with what we are eating? Well, the top 15 causes of premature death in America are almost all related to diet and lifestyle. Heart disease, lung disease, high blood pressure, depression, some cancers, diabetes, etc. And if they are related to diet and lifestyle, that means that they are largely preventable. If they are preventable, why then do approximately 1.6 million Americans die from these causes every single year? As we discussed in last week's episode, I believe the answer is a relatively political one. Food industries are able to make more money off of processed food items because they have longer shelf lives than fresh foods and produce, which makes them easier to transport, sell, and store. 
Also, pharmaceutical industries profit off of things like chronic illness and disease that are often prescribed medications that need to be taken on a daily basis. As an aside, some herbal remedies and whole food plant medicines have been shown to be equally effective as some regularly prescribed drugs without all of the harmful side effects. Unfortunately, you can't patent or trademark a fruit or vegetable, so companies are uninterested in promoting them as alternatives. You would also think that if the main causes of death in the U.S. were mostly diet and lifestyle related, that the healthcare system, namely the doctors within them, would be educating their patients on such topics. But in reality, unfortunately, doctors are not even educated on nutrition themselves. Most medical universities within the U.S. don't even offer a single course on nutrition. Unfortunately, as well, both doctors and patients alike often share the mentality that we can eat or live however we like and then use medication to deal with the consequences. Western medicine is really good at treating trauma and acute injury or infection, but the approach doesn't work as well for lifestyle-based disease, chronic illness, or autoimmune disorders. More than likely, more than one system is affected by the problem, so a target drug therapy or operation is not going to fix the issue. That is why a lot of times doctors prescribe a cocktail of different drugs and just kind of hope for the best. However, they are simply managing symptoms instead of actually fixing anything. All of this leads us back to the concept of overconsumptive undernutrition. Americans in general are eating too much of the wrong foods. So what can you actually do about it? I believe the key here is education. Hopefully you will learn something new that leaves you feeling more empowered about your daily decisions in regards to your food choices. At the most basic level, everyone needs to be eating more whole foods, meaning fresh fruits and vegetables, minimally processed proteins, grains, and fats. Essentially, the more natural looking something is, or more like what you would find out in nature, the better it is for you. I understand the appeal of processed foods, especially for the sake of convenience. It is a lot easier to buy a ready-made meal or pre-prepared food items or even fast food than it is to cook your own meals. Believe me, I totally get it. I eat out probably more often than I should, but even so, I stay mindful of the things on my plate. I do follow a vegan diet, meaning I don't eat meat or animal products, so the majority of my foods are plants anyways, but that does not mean that vegan is healthy. There are plenty of unhealthy vegan options. The appeal of processed foods exists whether or not you eat meat. It is important to also recognize that healthier eating is somewhat relative and will hopefully become more intuitive the more you do it. For example, 
A baked potato is a healthier option than mashed potatoes, which are healthier than french fries, which are also healthier than potato chips or a chocolate bar. But all of those options are not nearly as healthy as a baked or mashed sweet potato. I hope that made sense. It is also important to recognize that healthy eating should promote balance. That doesn't mean that half of what you eat gets to be unhealthy while the other half is healthy, but it does mean that you can get away with the unhealthy option every now and then with little to no harm done if you regularly prescribe to healthier eating habits. The reason processed foods should be avoided is because the process of manufacturing foods typically takes out the nutrient value exponentially or completely. For example, I think we can all agree that vegetables in their pure and natural form are good for us. They contain many essential vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants that are needed by our bodies. However, Partially hydrogenated vegetable shortening, on the other hand, is an extremely unhealthy, ultra-processed product that contains none of the nutrients found in the original vegetable form, even though they both contain the word vegetable. Not only does the process of manufacturing foods strip them of their nutrients, but unhealthy additives are typically added in their place in the form of sugars, salts, artificial flavors, colorings, and preservatives. It typically condenses the amount of calories as well. For example, you can eat a whole bowl of strawberries for the same amount of calories as a strawberry-flavored Twinkie or processed food item. While they both contain sugar, The sugar in strawberries is in a different form called fructose. Then fructose is processed differently by the body. It is also accompanied by vitamins and antioxidants that help fight disease and inflammation in the body, unlike the Twinkie or processed food counterpart. If we view food as a source of fuel for our bodies, The food that you get in plastic packaging is hardly even food at all. It may appeal to our taste buds thanks to the added salt and sugar, but there is little within for our bodies to actually work with. The food we eat is broken down into building blocks to be reused to build new cells, proteins, etc. If the food we are eating has no nutrient value or very little, then we have to eat more of it to get what we need out of it. But again, processed foods are high in things that are not good for us and high in calories, and that is what is making so many people sick. To top it off, all the extra sugar and salt has modified our taste buds so that that is what you prefer and that is what you crave. The food companies know this and that is why there is an unnecessary amount of added sugar and salt in almost all food items. They have trained our brains to crave such things so that the alternative doesn't appeal to us. 
As I have mentioned before, eating better does take an adjustment period, but ultimately your taste buds will change. So if you have tried cutting back on your salt intake or eating less sugar, but the foods taste bland and boring by comparison, that is normal. That doesn't mean that they will taste flavorless forever and that you are doomed to eat boring, healthy food for the rest of your life. I am admittedly one of the biggest sugar fiends, or rather I used to be. My parents could tell you all about how I basically lived off of strawberry milk as a child, and I still love me some cake to this day. But actually, when I made an effort to reduce my intake of processed foods and sugars especially, I found that I actually could no longer stomach the sweets like I used to. Don't get me wrong, I still love them and treat myself to them, but where I used to basically be able to eat an entire cake, and I'm not even joking, um, I actually get satisfied after a few bites now if I can even get through a whole piece. A lot of people also believe that um, although they would like to eat better, it is simply too expensive to eat healthy. And while socioeconomic factors do play a role in the foods available to you, on average, fresh produce, canned or frozen veggies typically cost less than their processed counterparts. Although an average serving of vegetables costs roughly four times more than your typical fast food meal, the veggies contain around 24 times the nutrients, meaning you are getting more bang for your buck with the vegetables. Also, when you consider the effects of eating better and being healthier in general, meaning you're less prone to illness and disease, better energy, things like that, can you really put a price tag on that? You can, however, consider the cost of being ill. Often chronic illness and diseases require multiple medications, which can cost a pretty penny depending on your health insurance coverage, not even mentioning the time you miss from work, from being sick or ill, doctor visits, etc. If you find yourself stuck in unhealthy eating patterns and wanting to make a change, just start small. If you like to snack, replace one or more of your typical snacks with a fresh fruit or vegetable. I used to be big on snacking and went with the out of sight, out of mind approach. Basically, I just stopped buying processed snacks so that they were not around for me to eat them and made an effort to purchase more fresh fruit to have available instead. It is also important to realize that sometimes when we think we are craving things, it is our body's way of telling us that it actually needs something else. And a lot of times, that thing it needs is actually just water. So drink a big glass of water and then see if you still feel a craving. If you still feel a craving, there are lots of charts you can find on the internet that will help you interpret what your body actually needs. For example, if you find yourself craving chocolate, it could mean that you actually need more magnesium in your diet, which you can satisfy better with nuts, seeds, or fresh fruits and vegetables. Hopefully now you have a much greater appreciation for the importance of food and nutrition for your overall health and well-being. Our bodies are very complex machines that are capable of amazing things. 
The food on your plate can mean the difference in energy you feel that allows you to pursue your goals and dreams or spend your time being sick and tired all the time. The prevalence of illness and disease in America might be common, but it certainly isn't normal. I hope you enjoyed this episode and hopefully learned something new. As always, if you like what you are hearing, please show your support by liking and subscribing. This podcast is currently on Spotify and making its way onto iTunes. You can also find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram as Namaste Carly. Thank you so much for listening and have a fabulous day. Namaste. Namaste.